Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Nikki. So Nikki Campbell is a health, wellness, and confidence coach for professional women and owner of Road Warrior Wellness. With more than 20 years of coaching executives, writing speeches, and providing strategic communications, she pulls from that experience to help women leaders look and feel their best, regain confidence, and achieve more in their careers. She too was a corporate road warrior, what is a corporate road warrior? Is it like traveling a lot? <laughs> yes, it is. I traveled um, 80% of the time for my job. So I had at one point the whole East Coast for the company that I was working for and then ended up having the entire U.S. business as my territory. So I was on the road all the time. Wow. Well, Nikki knows, knows well the demanding executive lifestyle that discourages healthy choices and leaves very little time for self-care. I can only imagine if you're traveling that much, self-care is nearly impossible. Yes. <laughs> uh, when she found herself 30 plus pounds overweight, tired and uncomfortable in her own skin, she knew something had to change and it did. She refocused on her wellness and today she does the same for women leaders struggling with the same challenges. Nikki's approach is simple. Uh, Nikki's approach is simple. Identify the lifestyle behaviors first, nutrition, fitness, sleep, and self-care. Then create customized strategies for each executive that can be implemented quickly, easily, and within their demanding schedule. After working with Nikki, clients elevate their stage presence, presentation, confidence, and overall health and wellness. Based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Nikki is a wife, mom, and recent grandma. You are not a grandma. I sure am. You don't even look old enough to be a grandma. I oh am. My goodness. <laughs> I am. The math totally works out. I don't, you know. Oh my I, goodness. I was young and my daughter was young. So, you know, we're, we're a young uh, family of moms, which is awesome. So I thought that I would say run out there at 20 and have a baby, but it, uh, it worked out for us and uh, I'm thrilled. See, in my family, it was something similar. My mom was 18. I was 16, not a little bit younger than what you were. Um, hopefully my daughter waits till she's 30. That's my yeah. plan. Uh, <laughs> after two decades in corporate communications, Nikki obtained her A certification in health coaching and personal training and is pursuing a degree in dietetics. Yes. Okay. I said it Super right. Super exciting. <laughs> Yay. Wow. That is oh, an amazing bio, Nikki. That's awesome. And again, Nikki and I, we met through Kelly Ruda, who's been a, a guest on the podcast as well. And I'll link up her episode in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And Nikki and I have been friends on Facebook for a while, and I didn't even realize she's a grandma. She doesn't look old enough to be a grandma. <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. But I posted in the Inspired Women community and asked, could anybody come on and talk about goals? I mean, I can talk about goals. It's definitely something that's in my wheelhouse. I teach about it a lot, but I know that my voice can get kind of tiring after a while because you hear it on every episode. So I figured I would get a guest on that could help me. So Nikki, start, this is, this episode is airing the 1st of January. This oh, is perfect. a new year. This is when people need help setting those goals and not only setting goals, but like 
keeping those goals. So let's Mm -hmm. start with the setting part. Share with us a little bit about how we can set those realistic expectations for ourselves. So yes. So thank you so much for um, having me on the podcast. I'm so excited. This is actually my first podcast ever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just thrilled to be here. I love the work that you're doing in your group. Um, I think what you're doing for the women who follow you is just, it's amazing. And you're such an example and role model and you're, you look like you're still 16. So don't tell me that I look young. (laughs) (laughs) You're a baby. Um, So, so when I talk to, and I work only with women and when I talk to them, they're like, I need to lose when I, by the time I get to them, they're saying, I need to lose, you know, 30 pounds. I want to lose, you know, 40 pounds in two months. And, And they're setting goals in their head before they actually even really think about their lifestyle, their behaviors. So do they travel a lot? Are they busy with work? Do they work shifts? You know, just all the different things that go into it, but because they've come to a point where they're so done with how they feel that they're like, they're just, they just want to put something out there and go after it. So before I even really take people down the path of setting a goal, I really look at, okay, so let's look at what, what has worked and what hasn't worked in the past. Cause typically when people have weight to lose, they've lost it and gained it and lost it and gained it back multiple times. So I like to start with, okay, so weight loss is your ultimate goal, but let's talk about what has worked for you in the past and what we can build on. Um, because it's not, it's not realistic to, to say, you know, I need to lose 50 pounds in three months. So, and people, like I said, they get frustrated with what hasn't worked in the past. So I, I ask them to look at what's worked in the past. Let's build on that and then stop focusing. And this is I'm not a psychologist. I'm not anyone who's worked in social work, but I feel it's a woman thing that we hold on to everything we've ever done wrong and failed at. And it's like, I feel like if you could let go of that, you'd probably lose 10 pounds just (laughs) because you'd be less stressed (laughs) because we're carrying around all this weight, so to speak, of things that that we did wrong. And so I say, okay, we're going to talk about what you did right. We're going to let go of what you didn't do well, and we're going to set realistic goals moving forward. Um, And I say, I would say the last thing before we even set goals is really embrace the imperfection. You know, again, a lot of females hold on to this standard of, I want to look this way, Um, you know, at my age, 45. Sure, I'd like to look like uh, Meghan Markle and, you know, and have her physique, but I'm 45 years old. And so I get, you know, the comparison thing off the table. You're going to look the best you can look and the best you can feel for your body. So embrace the imperfection, know that you're going to slip up along the way, and then let's get into um, setting the actual goals. I love that because I I really do agree with you. I work with women as well. And a lot of times I see us holding on, my clients holding on to like all these things. And I'm like, just let it go. Just let it go. Release it from your body, man. And I I, I mean, I'm only 31, but still, I mean, I've had four kids. Okay. There are some things that realistically (laughs) my body will never do again. Right. (laughs) I tried and I almost killed myself years ago, I don't want to say years ago, like two years ago, trying to get a six pack. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. My body has just, my belly has stretched out three times, and last time was with twins. It stretched out a lot. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I do. There'll be, there could be a six-pack underneath that loose skin, but it's yeah. always going to be there. Like, I had to give that up. I literally almost killed myself working all the time, practically starving myself. Like, it was awful. And instead, because I had this vision of perfection, right, that I needed right. to achieve, instead of being like, you know what, I'm a 31-year-old mom with four kids. It's not going to happen for me. I should just be happy with the body I do have. <laughs> right, right. And I think, you know, it, you know, the media doesn't help. And, you know, we're all our worst, you know, our own worst critic. And so everywhere we look, we see images of, so I see images of women my age who are celebrities who I'm like, how, how on earth do they still look like that? I think I know how they look like that. But, you know, it, it gives you this unrealistic expectation and I think it's, we just have to, as women, get comfortable with what is the best I can be of my own, like my, the own version of myself that is the best. And that's what you need to work toward. And it's not going to be the six pack. It's not going to be maybe, um, you know, running marathons or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Like I, you know, I've, I've talked to friends of mine, they're like, well, I want to run a marathon next year. I'm like, I've never seen you run around the block. Like, what, what are you talking about? You know, what, where did this come from? Well, so-and-so I know did a marathon. So I think I should do a marathon. So I think we're, it, you know, it's all about comparing ourselves and you are going to get nowhere really fast. If you continue to put yourself in this, I have to be this way. I have to look this way. We just need to embrace the best that we can be and the healthiest because I think there's, so much that is happening inside your body that you don't even see, you know, in terms of high blood pressure, in terms of cholesterol, in terms of stress, like women and stress and heart disease, it's the number one killer. I mean, it's going to, it impacts more women than breast cancer and, and other diseases. So, you know, this isn't just about how you look in a six pack. This is about setting goals that will help you live longer for those beautiful four kids. And, you know, and be able to see and be a young grandma. See, there's, those are, that's your goal. Yeah, it doesn't matter when my kids have uh, children, I will be a young grandma. My you daughter will. literally could work, wait until she is 30, which she told me 25. But anyways, I will still be a young grandma. Yes, now. yes. And so you have the energy. You want to have the stamina. You know, I talk to women all the time and say, put the weight loss aside. Like how much, how much more could you get done or how much better would you feel if you were sleeping or you were getting enough water every day and you were, you know, had enough energy to keep up with your kids or your grandkids or whatever it might be. Weight loss is to me, it's, you know, it's the, the bonus, you know, it's all the other things that happen when you get healthy and you lose the weight that make it worth the the work that you have to put into it. So I try to get people away from just I want to lose and it, and January 1st is like everybody's out there buying gym memberships and you know I need to lose all this weight and you know most of them don't even hold on to it through February. <laughs> oh, so true. So true. So you talked about how we need to embrace the imperfection and see like our lifestyle actually like shows us that not everything is possible. I mean, I do believe that dreams come true. Put your mind to it. But there's a certain point where, you know, genetics and lifestyle and all sorts of kind of stuff 
will come into play when you're setting goals. So tell us a little bit about the actual goal setting part of things. Right. So I take, and it's not rocket science, it's nothing new, but I live and die by this rule. And that's the smart goal setting um, approach. And SMART is an acronym. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um, it's an acronym that, that really forces you, as you're setting a goal, to make it one that you can actually um, achieve and then build on. So SMART, the, the acronym, um, is specific, measurable, and I'll go through each one of these, um, but specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and realistic, I think. Um, and time bound. So a good solid goal has to have each one of those components in order for you to be set up for the, the most success. So specific, I want to lose weight. That's not specific. So, you know, reframing that to say, I want to lose one to two pounds per week for 12 weeks is very specific. So I really challenge people to say, okay, losing is, is the big picture. That's the vision. What are the specific, you know, what, what's behind that? What are the numbers behind that? And as coach and somebody who's always been into fitness, to me, one to two pounds a week is what's safe. So that's what I always recommend people to people. Um, but have, you know, so 10 pounds in six weeks, totally specific and, and reasonable. Measurable, so again, you know, getting back to how many pounds and then what amount of time. Uh, I think your measure to do this, I'm going to do something else so that you have measurable um, milestones along the way. And then attainable, again, 50 pounds in one month, not attainable, not achievable. All you'll do is set yourself up for, or, or someone says, I've never run uh, 5K marathon next month, and I want to train in four weeks to run a marathon. Is it doable? Maybe. Depends on, you know, the type of person they are, how educated, what shape they're in. But it's not, it's not really, it's, it's not something that anybody who trains for marathons would recommend, for example. So it has to be something that, you realistically knowing your lifestyle, knowing your work schedule, your kids' schedule that you can attain. Um, realistic. So again, you know, I go back to the weight loss. I mean, it has to be something that, um, you know, even if you take it out of the weight loss realm, uh, somebody who says, oh, I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to hike across the country. Okay. Is that really realistic given, <laughs> you know, it's a great idea and like what are we to see you know, I'm gonna hike the Appalachian Trail something like that that's a great idea is it something that you can do within your you know within your life and your lifestyle and your family situation um, and then time bound there has to be a start and an end so um, I like 90-day periods because that gives you enough time to get used to something. So if it is a fitness program, it gives you a couple of weeks to get a groove. It gives you kind of that middle time to really start to see the results. And then it gives you the time where you're like, okay, I'm now at this plateau or I'm now at this, like I feel really, really comfortable with this program. Now I can build on it. So I like 90 days 
but it can be shorter. It can be a little longer. I don't like yearly goals because it's too much time. And I think, you know, we're all procrastinators in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> and if I say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in 2018, it's going to be October. And I'm going to say to myself, oh, crap, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in three months, you know? So given, given the time, we'll fill it and we'll, we'll wait until the, you know, till the last minute. So being realistic about the time frame, but also not, you know, taking too much time where then the goal diluted. I completely agree. A lot of times I'll see like business owners that, you know, right now it's towards the end of the year and I, a couple of my clients have come to me and I'm like, I had all these goals for this year and I have barely reached any of them. And I'm like, okay, I, it's understandable if you, you know, set one to one to maybe five, like general overarching goals for the entire year, but they really need to be broken up into those little smaller bite-sized pieces because otherwise, Absolutely. like you said, you're going to wait until the very last minute to right. do things and be like, oh crap, I didn't read those like 40,000 books I wanted to read this year. <laughs> right, right. And I think too, we set the big goal. So, you know, for somebody who is really unhealthy or really overweight and has come to the conclusion or has had a physician or someone say to them, you need to do something. This is life or death. They want to jump in with both feet and then they end up completely overwhelmed by everything that they need to do. So to your point, I say, okay, there's a big overarching goal. It's to be healthier or to, you know, to lose weight this year. But then I usually break it down smaller goals so for each one of you know the big goals it's like what are you going to do from a and this is purely just from the health coaching standpoint what are you going to do fitness wise what are you going to do to change your nutrition and what are you going to do to change your lifestyle because all three of those components will play into building you know a, a lifestyle that's healthier and that you will eventually lose weight and feel better but to say I want to lose 50 pounds this year and not break it down, to your point, into smaller chunks and into, into, okay, Q1, I'm going to focus on my nutrition, getting my nutrition in line because that's 80% of our health and our wellness is what we're putting into our bodies. And then, you know, start to add in some uh, exercise. And, but in Q2 and through the summer, I'm going to look at, you know, what can I do to really kind of ramp up my physical activity? Because hopefully in that first quarter, if you're doing really well with your nutrition, you're starting to see some weight come off or you're starting to feel better. You're starting to have more energy, which will allow you to do the fitness part of it. So I always, you know, I try to help them see that this is, these are building blocks. It's not just, I need to lose weight or I need to, um, you know, get healthy. You know, what are building blocks? We start with nutrition, we move to fitness. And then we look at all the things that go around it. Like, are you sleeping enough? Are you getting enough water? What kind of stress, um, you know, approaches do you deal with stress? I mean, those all play into it because you know, if you're, if you're living on four hours of sleep and, you know, take aside the, you know, people with babies and small children, but if you're living on four hours of sleep and you're not, you know, you're not drinking enough water and you're stressed out at your job, your body is in, you know, in like lockdown mode. It's not getting, it's not, your metabolism is not firing on all cylinders. So helping people understand that, yes, your goals are worthy. What do we do to build, you know, build a good foundation so that you'll be healthier overall? 
Oh yes. That's foundation is super important. A lot of times with my clients, it's one of the things that we have to focus on. Cause I always, I always liken it to building a house, right? If you don't have a mm-hmm. solid foundation when you're building a house, then the house, a hurricane comes, a big storm right. comes, the wind blows and the whole house goes down. So we need a solid foundation. What are one of the biggest things, the biggest mistakes you see when people are setting goals? What are, why are, why are people failing with the goal setting and reaching their goals? I love this question because it is literally the, the biggest thing that I see with any client, um, any woman who's struggling with any kind of health issue or losing weight and it's accountability. And so we can go through the whole exercise of smart goals but if we don't have, and it's actually twofold, if we don't have the support, you know, so if we don't have people around us who are supporting us in this endeavor, and we don't have accountability, um, very few of us are intrinsically motivated to to do things. You know, we're, we're typically people, it's just the human condition is that I have a deadline, so accountability, my kid has homework, you know, I have to make sure they get it done. That's an accountability check. And we do well and we do better on achieving goals and being successful when we know there's accountability built in. So support, you know, you, you can't be a woman who needs to get healthy and be, continue to be surrounded by unhealthy people and behaviors because it will make it infinitely more challenging for you to, to kind of get yourself out of that. And unfortunately, houses, a lot of family members, um, best friends aren't supportive. I mean, I've, I've seen it time and time again where people want to get healthy, but their spouse doesn't see any problem with their lifestyle or how they're eating or, or that their kids are overweight or a variety of things. They think it's okay. And so this person wants to make a change and they don't have the support. And so they are much more likely to give up on that goal because you know, if you're going home every night and faced with resistance from your own family and the person you, you love and, and who's supposed to be supporting you, you're, you know, you, you've got like a huge barrier in front of you. Um, the same with accountability. And I think, you know, if you don't tell, and, and there's a lot of shame around weight and physical appearance and how did I let myself, you know, people ask, how, do I le- how did I let myself get to this point? And so when someone decides to, to get healthier or to lose weight, they're not always, you know, out there shouting it from you know, the mountaintop, you know, they're not, they're not always feeling, they, they feel like almost embarrassed, which I think is just so amazing because, you know, you should be so proud. You should be going out there and telling everyone because the more that you talk about it and the more that you put out your intentions, the more accountable you'll be to yourself and the more support. And I think this is what surprises a lot of people is that when they go out there and they say, Hey, I'm, you know, getting healthy this year and I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to run my first 5k more people that you would not expect will come to support you and to hold you account, cheer you on. So I think those two things are the most, after setting the right goals and setting SMART goals, support and accountability are the two critical factors to success. Yeah, I was a beach body coach for two years before I opened mm-hmm. my business. 
now. And I would see that a lot with my clients is you only have so much bandwidth, right? To do everything mm -hmm. you need to do. And I, I always, I've always said this. And if majority of your bandwidth is taken up with you trying to resist the goodies that are hanging out in your house, right. whoever it is, is keeps bringing them in or to fight other people on why you should be able to achieve whatever this is, not just right. weight loss, but like business or any kind of goal that you have. If you are resisting people, like people resisting you in achieving those goals, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder. You're taking up a lot of bandwidth. And if you're really not um, holding yourself accountable and you're kind of like, in a way, swimming against the current, um, then it's a whole lot harder. Right. That's, that's why there's professionals like Nikki and I out there to do these yeah. things, right? Because people need to be held accountable. They need sometimes that right direction, the clear path to right. achieving their goals. And it can be a lot harder if you don't really see it through all the fog and the muck. And having somebody there who's cheering you on in a way and holding you accountable uh, is a it's going to make it a lot easier, especially if you have people around you who are not as supportive. So they, they've seen that like, those are the things that are holding people back. What are some of the things that you see that are really allowing people to be super successful when it comes to setting and achieving their goals? Is it something special about the person or is, are there certain mm -hmm. things, actions that they're taking mindsets that they have? What is it? So I think it's, it's a couple of things. I would say very superficially, it's this whole social media explosion. I think people are um, much more comfortable coming out there. So I did Beachbody as well. And in the beginning, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not posting a picture of my before, you know, my before picture or after, pic after picture. And I feel like it's been made so, you know, normal, so to speak, you know, that people are, they feel more empowered, especially women. Um, I feel like social media has, I mean, it can be terrible in so many ways, but I feel like it really has given people a place to find other people who are like them and who share the same struggles and, and all of that kind of stuff. And they can find a community to be accountable to and to be supported by, even if they don't have that at home or they don't have it at work. Um, and that's, I think, to me, that's one of the, the most um, shocking things because it's social media and people are always, you know, trying to put on their best effort, you know, like the Christmas card, you know, picture of their life is this, you know, it's perfect. It's wonderful. And the kids are always well behaved. But I think from a wellness standpoint, from a, you know, what you're doing in your group and, and, you know, helping women who are trying to build businesses, they, when they find a community online, there's, there's just, there's no limit to what they can do. And I feel like they, they just, they can put aside what's going on in their own lives and really, you know, really rely on this support network. Um, I also find that people who have an open mind. So again, I go back to the people that I, that I coach in the beginning. I said, you, you have to let go of what, what didn't work. Or sometimes you have to let go of what did work because it might have been 20 years ago when your body composition was completely different and your metabolism was different and your lifestyle was different. And that's, it may have worked 20 years ago. It might not work now. So people who are open-minded, um, I would say people who are patient because anything worth achieving, it's not overnight. There's no you know, quick fix or silver bullet 
Um, I think it's, it's just being okay with embracing the process. You know, it's a journey. How do you, you know, how do you be patient and kind to yourself? And the people who have figured that out are always more successful. Yeah, nothing in nothing out there in life is anything an overnight success. You know, somebody be like, "Oh, this person just started their business or just started their weight loss yeah. journey and and now overnight this has happened." No, they laid a foundation long before that. Maybe before they ever said anything to you, they were already uh, business-wise, maybe they were already networking, maybe they're already building relationships, maybe they already right. had a shit ton of followers on Instagram or something. Right. Or when it comes to weight loss, maybe that person was already starting to change their eating habits. You just didn't see. Right. Because, you know, it, right. takes, it takes a while to see weight loss. Um, so a lot of times we get in this comparison trap, and I, I agree, social media can be a great and an awful thing at the same time, but tapping yes. into finding those communities, those people who can support you in what you're trying to achieve, that is so important. When people are able to say, I need help, can you right. help me? Like, can you support me on this? Right. Are you able to do this for me? So I, I love that you're talking about the SMART goals and how you need support, you need accountability, you need the community, and this is not, in no way, shape, or form is this um, one size fits all. No, no, not at all. I think, um, and what's great about finding the right, you know, group for you or the right, you know, business coach. I mean, I have been involved in groups where, you know, like I've dropped out of a few of them because I'm like, this is just not my style. This is not how I want to run my business. They're successful and that's great, but that's not my, that's not my thing. And it doesn't resonate with me. And it, you know, so I have to find my tribe. I have to find the people that I feel like not only do I get a lot from them, but I'm able to contribute to them as well. So I think, you know, just in whatever the goal is, you need to find that support. And, and if it's online, it's great sometimes because you almost have that, um, you know, they're, they're not too close to you. So I feel like, you know, in some of the, the groups that I belong to, it's nice having people who are friends, you know, they're your friends online, but they're not, they're not in your house. They're not at your job. You know, you're, um, you have this ability to have somebody call you out in a way that maybe your spouse can't or somebody else can't. So I, that's what I like about the online communities. I think that's great. But then offline, regardless of what the goal is, you know, for my business, I have people offline who are like my board of directors, you know, people who I've worked with for years, people I trust to get together with them face to face and say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. You know, how does this, how does this resonate with you? So I think it's, it's important to have both from an accountability and a support standpoint, both online and offline. Oh, absolutely. And I agree with you about finding your community. I realized the other day, 95% of my clients are not moms, which is kind of shocking to people because I am a mom, right? Um, but I've realized 95% of my clients are not moms. And so what I needed to do is remove myself out of all these mommy groups that I'm in that I'm getting no value out of, mind you, because my kids are at an age that I, and I have so many of them. My oldest is 14 that I kind of got the hang of this mom thing. Like, right. A little bit. Um, <laughs> And I'm not providing any value to them because they're not looking for my services, right? That right. I'm, they're not, most moms, and not all, because I have worked with moms, but a lot of moms, uh, they're thinking about what their kids need next, not what they need next. 
So that is a lot of times why right. I end up working with women who haven't had children yet. Have had a couple. I, I, I won't. I have had some really rock star stellar clients who have had children, but 95% of them haven't. And so I had to be realistic and remove myself out of those groups that they're really not serving me and I'm not serving them. And then like you, I have people in my, you know, personal space that I can bounce ideas off of and not just my spouse and say, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this next year. What do you think? And some of them mm -hmm. have worked with me previously, like you mentioned. And so they actually know like, Hey, I've done your services. No, that wouldn't go over very well. Or yeah, that'd be really awesome because you just took away all of the excuses people have not to work with you. Uh, right. So I, I, I completely agree with you there that you need to have the both the online and the offline space and be able to have that support is, is super crucial. Now, do you use any visuals to help you keep your goals, Nikki? So I have done in the past, I've done vision boards and I really do like them. Um, I got away from it for a few years and plan to do it um, again in January with a group of women um, offline who are um, in, you know, jobs that are very high stress, very demanding um, because that's what I know best um, and do a vision boards session. And I have all over my office thing goodness, you can't see all of what's in here, but, um, it is, I mean, there are, you know, there are things that motivate me. There are sayings, there are books, there are. And so I do, um, I do tell my clients, you, know, you need to surround yourself in an atmosphere. You know, if it means, you know, posting, you know, pictures on your laptop at work or having some kind of, you know, app that sends you a motivational quote every day, or, you know, finding the right group that, that is really about like every day giving you encouragement and motivation, you need to do that because it, it you know, it does take a village, so to speak, to, to really keep you focused. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have, I have all sorts of things on me that remind me of, and it's not pictures of me 20 pounds lighter. You know, I don't, I, I'm not really a, I'm not a proponent of that because again, it's living in the past. So I like to say, what do you, you know, what's your future self? If you want to put a picture of a skinny person up, then fine, but not, not somebody you used to be because you can't, you can't go back. And so, um, I would say the, the encouragement and the visuals that I would recommend to my clients is, you know, where you're going, where, where's the future taking you? What do you want to be? And you do this. I mean, you, you know, I mean, where do you want your business to be in six months, a year, two years, you know? So it, it, there's no sense looking at the past and, and wanting to be what you used to be. I completely agree. And I, I follow a lot of people on social media that are people that I resonate with their message that motivate me and inspire me. I mentioned earlier, we met in Kelly, Kelly Ruda's yeah. group. I admire her greatly. She's in the same, uh, she's in the same, you know, field that I am just in mm -hmm. mindset. I do a little bit differently. We all do things differently in the coaching field, right. but she's somebody I admire and I can look up to and I, you know, see what she does and, you know, listen to her videos and watch her videos and see the posts that she posts. But I have other people as well that I follow and that I like, and I have people that do that to me that follow me because they right. see the inspiration I post and, you know, they find me motivating and they see, so finding those people and that and those things that can help motivate you but like you said you don't want to look back you don't want to be reminded of like oh that's my past 
Um, for example, today I right. got my transcript from college and I was <laughs> not very excited about that. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, you don't want to be reminded of those times. You want to say, what can I do better moving forward? What do I need right. to do moving forward? And being realistic about it. If you really realistically never want to make a million dollars, that's okay. Don't have that on your vision board, right? Right. <laughs> if you realistically never want to be a bodybuilder, don't put it on right. your vision board. Like it's not no. what you want to do. Um, but having like these things that you can realistically look up to and look forward to and say, yes, I'm going to achieve that. I'm going to have that Tesla someday. <laughs> I'm going to take right. my to Disney World someday. You know, right. I'm going to fit into this bathing suit someday. You know, those right. sort of things. Right, right. And I think that it's totally normal to do that. And it is motivating and it does keep you accountable um, when you have something, you know, to look forward to. So a lot of people, you know, it's the class reunion or in my case, my daughter is getting married in May. And so it's like I'm keeping my eye on that date and saying, okay, you know, you need to be your healthiest and, and feel really good about, you know, yourself when that day comes. And there's, that's fine. It's not my BL end all goal. I don't. I don't feel like oh, I have to be, you know, super skinny by May. I just want to be. I want to be healthy, and I want to enjoy the time there. I want to be not stressed out. All those kinds of things. Um, so I think, yeah, I think surrounding yourself with visuals. The other thing is, and you know, podcasts are great. I have a, um, you know, I drive a lot, and uh, I'm always listening to a book or a podcast. Um, I've stopped listening to news on the radio because it just you know, creates anxiety and makes me want to stop for ice cream at like nine o'clock in the morning. So, so I just, I try to steer clear of that, but I listen to people who, you know, who have already been successful, but had all of these challenges before. And I think it's really important to, you know, listen to the Brene Browns and the um, Mel Robbins and people like that who've struggled with whether it's, you know, anxiety or weight or, you know, money or whatever it might be, listening to their stories keeps me so motivated because I'm like, if they can do it, they're not anything, you know, they weren't, they weren't born with two brains, you know, they're, they're, they're normal people who have made a success and made their life a success. And so I think the more, you know, audio and visual and, and, what you're reading and you surround yourself. I know Kelly always says, you know, what you put out there in the universe is what you attract. So if you're surrounding yourself with, you know, negative news and, and things like that, I feel like that, that contributes to your mindset and, and how you approach your health and wellness. So I'm not a mindset coach, but I just know that when I'm, when I'm listening to things that are positive and empowering, I feel good and I want to be that healthy, empowered person. Oh, I agree. And, and it is absolutely true. What you fill your body with, your mind with, your emotions with is what you're going to get out. That's what you're going to mm -hmm. attract. Like if you, you could be doing fantastic physically, you could be working out, you could be eating right, you could be sleeping great, you could be doing all of the things. But if you're filling your mind with complete crap, eventually that's going to bleed into your, your motivation for your body. And vice versa. Yep. You could be working great on your mindset. Your mindset is solid, but you treat your body like crap. It is going to bleed into your mental health as well. Mm -hmm. It's it's a whole mind, body, soul. It's a, it oh, absolutely. a complete set. Um, and what you, you said about podcasts and stuff, 
and telling stories. That's exactly why I do this podcast. Like, yeah. like you're describing my podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's, it is, it's empowering and it's uplifting and you hear about people, you know, and I don't have some, you know, crazy tragic story. I was just this, you know, completely burned out corporate person who was living a lifestyle that was not sustainable, was not healthy. Um, you know, I was diagnosed with two autoimmune conditions and I was like, this is it. This is enough. I mean, what, you know, I, no job is worth your health. And so, but I think, but then I tell that story to people and they're like, well, that's great. You know, you've inspired me to, to really think about my schedule or how much time I'm putting in the office or whatever it might be. So you never know who you're going to be impacting, inspiring, you know, helping them. Like it might be that one thing they needed to hear to make a positive change and to set that goal and to, you know, to really get serious about it this time. Exactly. So we are almost out of time for the podcast. It goes by really, really quick. I know. I know. It was awesome. If you could leave my audience, the Inspired Women community, the Inspired Women out there listening with one thing around goal setting, health and wellness, any of the stuff that we've talked about so far, what would you want them to know? So when you set a goal, it's not like a term paper. You're not getting graded on it. No one is going to, you know, fail you in life because your goal doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to. You may fail at that goal. My, my advice is continue to set goals, continue to be open to failure. It's okay. I mean, I think we've got to get out of the trap of, well, I failed at this. I think it's being resilient and continuing to get back up when things don't go the way that you had hoped or you had planned, even the best goals. You know, stuff happens. What you choose, how you choose to react to it and come back from it makes all the difference. So be kind to yourself and just get back up and reset that goal and move on. And I'm going to be linking up all your, um, all your links in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com in case any of the women listening want support on their health and wellness journey and want to yeah. reach out to you uh, because health and wellness is no longer my specialty. Uh, I do, <laughs> I do um, help my clients with self-care and stuff, but if they want a more in-depth help, I mean, definitely go to a professional. I'm more yes. of like the foundation of the thing yes. and then you need to blow up from there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Nikki, thank I'm you. happy to help. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I am no longer nervous about podcasts because you made it absolutely fantastic. So I appreciate it, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.